Welcome to Real Life SEO, the podcast where we seek to share what SEO specialists do in their day-to-day work and also delve into their specific specializations from content to international SEO to technical SEO and more. This podcast is brought to you by OnCrawl. Today, we're chatting with Lucy Inskip, who is currently the content and SEO manager at Third Space Learning, an e-learning provider based in London. Lucy began working at Third Space a little over two years ago, and it was her first step into the world of SEO. In the past couple of years, she's moved from an SEO strategist to her current position and has gained a bit of experience and insight that she's going to share with us today. Thank you for joining us, Lucy. Well, thanks very much for having me. So, um, as I mentioned in the introduction, like I said, we like to get to know a little bit about what SEOs do in their day-to-day work. And before we get started with a whole list of questions, could you introduce yourself? Tell us a bit about your background. Absolutely. Um, So I graduated from university in 2019, um, having done a history undergraduate degree. Um, And then after that, I went straight into working in the heritage sector Um, for about a year or so. I was kind of volunteering, interning, then ended up kind of properly working in heritage um, at a couple of different places. Um, And that was very much kind of following, I guess, my passion from having done history at university. I was then actually able to apply that into my job, um, which was really exciting and something I really enjoyed. But then for various factors, um, one of them unfortunately being the pandemic playing a bit of a role, um, decided to slightly change um, my path um, and then as I say for various reasons ended up um, kind of coming into SEO which I'm sure we'll explore more in a second Um, but it's a bit of a jump from one to the other but it was very much a kind of changing my mindset I think a little bit. I'd been quite wedded to me as a kind of identity of Lucy working in heritage and that being my thing and it was quite liberating I guess to kind of unlock a whole other kind of avenue of possibilities for where I might end up so yeah Mm -hmm. SEO ended up coming into the line which is pretty cool. Okay that is very cool and as you mentioned you have a bachelor's degree in history from Oxford might I mention which is very impressive. (laughs) Thank you. Um, I also see that you're a bit of an artist why SEO? What, what was the draw for from SEO? Yeah, I feel like I kind of alluded to it there at the beginning. Um, so yeah, as I said, very much done, I guess, on paper, what made sense up until that point. And indeed, in my own head, it maybe made sense up until that point. And very much kind of, kind of, I guess, as I say, align myself to working history, doing kind of arts, cultural stuff. Um, and then I think I basically as I say, pandemic, I think, being a big reason and, and some other factors too. But I took a bit of a step back, I think. And kind of thought to myself what do I really want to do day to day I think it's really important as well not just kind of working in a particular sector it's kind of your day-to-day work what really kind of sparks excitement I think and what the kind of skills that you're using um kind of how you get from your nine to five or whatever hours you're doing um, and for that itself to be really interesting so I think I was kind of evaluating that a little bit too and kind of what I wanted from my job and what I wanted from my career however that will end up being um and I ended up following lots of different routes really I applied for some kind of like graduate schemes I looked at like direct entry jobs kind of broadened it a little bit I think I'd worked in kind of marketing s kind of stuff kind of comms s kind of stuff um, had some really good chats with a career advisor at my university um, and in the end I found this particular role that 
the company that I'm, I'm still at that I've been with since kind of the beginning of my SEO journey um, through a graduate recruitment agency. It was very much aimed at people that had pretty much come out of university and weren't quite sure where they wanted to go. Ultimately, were applying for jobs that required, I don't know, X amount of experience, which you didn't have. But nonetheless, to have got said experience, you had to get experience. And so it continues. Um, so I found this particular role and company through a graduate um, recruitment agency and it wasn't really something I'd given much thought to at all like I kind of knew what SEO was like what it stood for what it meant but to be honest I hadn't really done all that much at all and as I say I landed this job at um, a maths edtech startup called Third Space Learning which you introduced at the beginning um, and then I've kind of progressed from there really so it was a, a bit kind of random um, mm -hmm. as I think careers probably end up being and it's only when you get to the end or to a certain point where you try and kind of connect the dots but ultimately it was that I'd been doing one thing and then I thought you know what I actually would like to give something else a try and it just so happened that this um, worked out really. Right. If you or any of uh, the listeners have uh, listened to previous podcasts uh, it's a recurring theme that I ask this question <laughs> with every interview and a lot of people are like oh it kind of happened just yeah. fortuitously by accident but no one not many people have planned you know a career in SEO but it's um, interesting to always find out how, how it came about. Absolutely. And um, I wanted to jump to my next question. I was reading one of your previous interviews and as you said, you didn't have any SEO experience before you started and it's been a steep learning, learning curve. And that's absolutely something I can relate to because um, I mentioned to you before we got started that I was in education industry before. And so when I started in SEO, it was you know a whole new world and a lot to learn can you elaborate a little bit on how that went for you yeah absolutely yeah i think kind of from what i'd said previously evidently when i'd come into this role i really didn't have much of a basis to be honest and i think the terms kind of banded around quite a lot in different contexts but i think imposter syndrome definitely kind of resonated um and then i think it's taken quite a long time even now to say i'm an seo i do seo i think as i say because at the beginning or at least when I was at university and you're kind of working out who you are and where you want to go and all that kind of stuff and I think in my head I'd had kind of aligned myself to this particular path and a particular way of thinking and thinking I will do heritage kind of forever and to be honest it's still always going to be part of my life and maybe we'll come to the fore again but then almost transitioning I was kind of I don't know humanities through and through I did all kind of humanities subjects at sixth form went into university to humanities again to then kind of jump to a maths company doing SEO which felt much more kind of analytical maybe than what I'd done before um, obviously has a lot of creative in there too it was just um, I think in that way a really steep learning curve because ultimately I didn't really kind of know what I was doing to some extent I think there's no other way to kind of talk about it and I think that even still to a point today there's that kind of like idea of there being kind of I don't know like a secret source or like a handbook that everybody else has and you haven't been given and you don't quite know what you're doing um, and I think having had very kind of limited baseline knowledge going into it I don't know I think in some ways that was the best possible thing because I had nothing to really I had everywhere to go but up, you know up it was essentially the only direction I couldn't kind of rely on anything else aside from the kind of other various skills that I could bring to the table and hopefully that was obviously part of why I'd got the job in the first place but I think it was really like learning was an entirely new language with all these kind of like new concepts and tools and processes and thinking about kind of the SEO industry and the different news and like algorithm updates it felt this kind of overwhelming world that I hadn't quite um 
kind of found my way in to start with. And I, obviously these things take time. So I think in the interview stage, I remember being, I kind of remember sitting there. I remember having quite vividly a conversation with my dad saying, you know, like I'm literally applying for an SEO job at a maths company. Like, what am I doing? And then obviously it's all kind of paid off. And in the end, it's been, I, just, I really enjoy it. Um, so I think it's kind of case in point of sometimes just giving something a go can work out. Equally, it might not have done. I might have done it and decided that SEO really wasn't for me and I didn't enjoy it at all. And that would have been equally fine. Um, but it just so happens that it's, yeah, it's been quite fun. But it, it's been a steep learning curve and that I obviously had, yeah, very little to go off at the beginning. It was a, a lot of learning very quickly. Every single day, it was like, oh my goodness, okay, right, here we go. And how do you feel your team kind of welcomed you into the fold? I'm assuming they were very supportive? Yes, absolutely. No, I, I'm I'm sure they <laughs> they said that they would listen, but I, I I'm very very lucky with who I work with. I have an incredible team around me, um, and particularly a very supportive manager as well. But I think it was uh, yeah, I think an acknowledgement on both sides from mine especially that I obviously I laid my cards on the table. I didn't come in and claim to be I don't know some SEO expert with ten right. years of experience at the age of whatever twenty three. Um, and likewise, they made it clear that that wasn't what they were looking for. Um, okay. So I think total honesty and kind of transparency from day one meant that we both knew where we stood but nonetheless yeah exactly they they needed to support me um, and I needed to be kind of open to that in that obviously they were able to you know potentially give a little bit more hands-on training literally kind of talk me through things that I hadn't done before whereas someone else maybe coming to the job might have had a bit more experience to kind of go off and you're building on that rather than to some extent slightly starting from scratch and I was also on, on boarded during still kind of proper pandemic um, in the UK where we were very much kind of still in lockdown um, I can't quite remember what stage we were at at that point but it was very much we weren't really kind of going into the office in quite the same way so I think doing all of that remotely was quite a new experience for us all as well but I, I think it I think it went well I think it it worked but I think yeah definitely that kind of and also kind of more pastoral support was really important too kind of checking in and, and seeing how you were doing but no I've, I've been very lucky I have a, a great team okay well, it looks like it's going really well because if you look at your profile, you started as an SEO strategist and now you're the content and SEO manager. So as the content and SEO manager, what does your job consist of? Excellent question. Yes. And obviously it's slightly changed since I started again, because when I started, it was, you know, baby steps, things that I could do and things that I could start to take on and learn. And over time, I've been able to take more ownership and responsibility. And that's then led to the promotion, which was super exciting earlier in the year. Um, so now my role consists of a bit more management, definitely. Um, so I line manage um, two internal editors, which is really wonderful. We've got a bigger team now when I started, which means we can do much more. And also it's really exciting to be able to collaborate with different people as well within your own team as well as with others and then in addition to our internal team our main team we also work with lots of freelancers and virtual assistants and a big part of my job is working with a few other members of staff as well in managing those people and where they kind of sit in particular kind of content um kind of systems really um so i think that kind of management element has one that's obviously taken much more of my time than it used to um mm -hmm. but also then i still am able which is more kind of what i did at the beginning of obviously writing kind of structural editing of kind of copy of blogs reviewing blogs also from the team as well where we've got blogs coming in maybe from authors they're being reviewed um and edited and seo'd by our internal team i might then kind of be signing those off a big part then as well is increasingly writing kind of content briefs that are obviously given to the authors in the, in the first place and keyword research alongside that and actually kind of commissioning the content and I think the, the kind of gear change was the kind of managing aspect but also being involved 
in the kind of content at every level of its life cycle rather than being brought in at a particular kind of point for instance uh, but that's something that we increasingly want everyone to obviously be part of too and then I think another part of within the blogs that we have we have a lot of our kind of bottom of the funnel storytelling blogs that we have our top of the funnel content maybe covering actual maths topics or content for teachers that are you know kind of curriculum or topics specific but also the blogs that to be honest are my favorite and the ones that I now take the lead on are the ones that tell the story of our company and who we are and what we're trying to achieve and how we hopefully can do that through our offering to our customers um, and then more recently really excitingly so to begin with the company I worked at was um, primary maths tuition then went into also secondary maths tuition in the UK and then also now we've just very recently expanded into the US which is super exciting and a big part of my job has been leading kind of on the more operation side of things with the blog especially on the new US side so my job has kind of waxed and waned and changed a quite a bit really since the beginning for various reasons obviously other projects going on too um, and then something I think that underpins all of that is really trying to lead on best practice when it comes to internal processes and documentation and really make sure we kind of making sure that we've got all of that super tight um, that we can work as efficiently as possible especially when we're a smaller team internally and especially when we're kind of still startup phase as well um, yeah that's kind of an overview I guess of what I'm doing right now Okay. And do you have a particular process? Because I, I ask this question simply because mm -hmm. I also work um, with a lot of content marketing and content management. Do you mm -hmm. have a particular process for what type of articles you choose or the subject that you want to focus on? I know it's all within the same niche, but... Yeah, that is that is a good question, which I could probably talk on for about six million podcasts. So I won't go into detail on all of it, but I think obviously we're very lucky, I guess, in some ways, because we're an educate kind of working within the education space, and in particular, as you say, we've got maths even then within that, and then particular levels within that maths. In terms of some of that top of the funnel content that I was mentioning before, and a lot of our blog content um, can be mapped to some extent to the school curriculum, and then within that, you've almost already got your kind of list of terms that people are looking at and using um, and actually make sense to the people that are going to be reading it and then I think being able to kind of overlay that from an SEO perspective with not only what you know x is called in the school you know the national curriculum but also then what people are actually searching for is evidently for us a super easy way at the beginning to be able to structure our content and to go beyond that in a kind of uh, more of a structured way in the way that I guess a you know a school curriculum is structured you've got your kind of hub and your spoke your kind of hub and cluster model whereby you kind of have your kind of lead topics and then within that you could kind of infinitely cluster um, mm -hmm. often indeed I think our problem is that there's just so many possibilities we never don't have ideas I think um, so it's definitely not a problem for us but in terms of then prioritizing that and kind of then overlaying the process element I think it's prioritizing ultimately obviously things like volume can play a role in that but also some of the time as we move ideally down the funnel thinking about ultimately the people that are going to be consuming that content and what they're hoping to get out of it and indeed if as a company we'd be able to support them beyond them you know coming to visit us on a blog or then downloading a resource or whatever journey they end up taking okay and in your response you mentioned that it's mostly for the education industry what is it that you like so much about the ed education industry what's the draw there um, that's a good question. Um, I think I've ended up somehow finding myself within the education industry and I didn't necessarily set out to, to do so from the beginning. Um, 
I think so I've kind of ended up having that featuring in kind of every part now of my kind of career I guess if you call it that to date mm -hmm. um and I went to without going into tons of detail but I went to um a kind of a state school you know school where in the UK you don't, you don't pay anything to go sort of thing um and it was a school that was in special measures which essentially basically meant it kind of required improvement really it wasn't a school that was potentially doing as well as it could have done which was which was a bit of a shame and i think from maybe being there and having to really rather work rather hard um and also be really aware that um we were all kind of part of a system whereby inherently people have slightly unequal education opportunity um, at various points and for various reasons obviously these are kind of bigger issues that I'm talking about and definitely will not kind of solve or answer on, on a podcast like this but I think ultimately that experience probably shaped me in making me more aware of kind of differences in educational accessibility and opportunity and then from there as you mentioned at the beginning I did end up getting into Oxford which was super cool um, but while I was at Oxford I was very much involved in kind of the access and outreach side of things i.e people like me having gone to schools like mine, being able to get to somewhere like Oxford being a very real possibility, um, but also not just ending up somewhere like Oxford or even university. I think ultimately choosing a path that's right for you and feeling empowered to do so, which I realise is so much more complex than that. And I'm still speaking ultimately from a position of uh, privilege to some extent. So I think those kind of themes and issues run far deeper than I could probably cover on the podcast today. But nonetheless, I think that did embed something in me, a kind of fire, I guess, of having come from um, that, that particular school that I went to and spent five years of my life there, I think was fairly formative in being kind of aware, I guess, of the education landscape in, in the UK, for example. And obviously, that was only one very individual experience of it. Um, and then from there, I think, as I say, the kind of access and outreach element is kind of interweaved. And then my experience at university and also beyond that, even when I worked in the, in the heritage sector for a year, a lot of my jobs there were kind of to do with outreach and youth engagement with heritage. Um, and I think then when this particular um, when I applied for the SEO strategist role at the company that I'm still at, um, I think because their kind of main mission is to close the maths attainment gap in the UK it was something that really resonated with me. Maths is a subject that I really struggled with at school. Um, I suffered hugely from kind of maths anxiety. I think somehow, as I say here, I'm probably doing exactly what I mentioned earlier of connecting the dots when at the time I probably didn't realise. But nonetheless, I think that's probably how it's all potentially come together. Um, yeah. Yeah, it seems like it, you know, came together. The dots <laughs> really nicely. So we've established that you didn't begin your career with the goal of working in SEO, but nonetheless, it seems like you have a lot of strengths that are useful in the industry and in your particular position. In your opinion, what's the most important strength or trait someone needs to be a successful content marketing or SEO manager? Um, that's interesting. I think one's answer would maybe vary depending on what particular part of content marketing or SEO whether it be technical or otherwise that you're involved in but definitely from my perspective and the kind of role that I do which definitely blends the two um, I think as I said earlier on the kind of blending of the kind of creative and the analytical is ultimately important and I think some of the themes that I'll briefly mention are probably applicable to lots of jobs but applying it in this context I think one that's been particularly important to me recently is the ability to and these may be um, slightly more intangible but kind of building relationships across teams has been super useful I think in ultimately providing content that is especially 
the one that I was talking about before, a kind of bottom of the funnel storytelling content, um, making sure that that content is genuinely authentic and actually tells um, the truth, I think, um, which I think can sometimes be tricky with marketing. Maybe it gets a bad rep, um, obviously kind of, I guess, portrays an idea that people want to, to, to want to see or indeed that we want to portray um but i think working closely with our kind of product and kind of curriculum teams allows us to literally be working with the people that for example are building our tuition program and kind of understanding really from them what goes behind it allows us to then i guess market that much more authentically and hopefully powerfully and interestingly so i think working with those people is key without that i think the content we um would produce would be far less rich than it is, or at least as we hope it is. Um, and I think then similarly to that, communicating with different stakeholders within the company. I've, I've seen various articles and things about um, getting kind of buy-in, I guess, from kind of senior management and kind of wider company in, I think, um, acknowledging the power of something like SEO and content marketing to a particular um, business. So I think being able to communicate that is really important as well as your other teams. And then also, indeed, even with your, your authors and your virtual assistants, you know, when you're briefing an author on a particular blog and really trying to articulate, I think, convincingly and also genuinely why something like SEO is ultimately important. And to put it simply, one way of looking at it is by using particular you know tools and mechanisms in the background hopefully we'll get your content seen by more people like that's hopefully kind of a win-win for all um so i think it's using seo sometimes as a, as a term can sound a little bit scary in the same way that i think as we were saying before with the steep learning curve thing coming into at the beginning seo seen this like kind of unwieldy terrifying beast and it's a little bit kind of amorphous and you're not really sure what it entails but i think being able to communicate the value of that to others is a really important skill in itself i think almost kind of marketing your own marketing in a sense but um and then i guess the kind of more hard skills of i think obviously kind of attention things like attention to detail are always key for us is super important obviously you want to have a really finely tuned content you want it to be consistent you want it to be quality you want to be able to be flexible especially where we are in our kind of smaller team but super ambitious we're often juggling a lot like we want to do everything but within that you've got to be able to prioritize what you think you're going to do on monday by wednesday you're doing something different um and i think the one probably above all if i had to have one which i realize i've given you about seven um would be curiosity and by that i mean genuinely thinking about why and how things are done and not accepting them for that you know kind of the way that things have always been done at a company for example I think being able to positively challenge that is really exciting again that's perhaps um, afforded by the environment that I work in that we all have a real kind of stake in in what happens next and I find that super motivating but I think kind of for example we've had um new members of our team obviously join they do various bits of training read articles maybe read similar things that we've maybe read when we first started and when we were learning and saying okay I've read this and and we do this what why why don't we do this you know we could do this a bit differently I think that kind of level of curiosity and thinking about what you're actually doing is is incredibly powerful to kind of keep yourself in line really right and you mentioned the importance of buy-in you know getting people into the SEO culture and understanding the importance of SEO, not just as, you know, something kind of ambiguous that's over there and needs to be done, but really a concrete tool that helps them be more visible. Would you say that that is the most challenging aspect of your work or do you find something else a little more challenging? Um, I think it's probably less challenging for us. So again, we're in a, I'm very lucky. I work with a really, really cool team and I also work with people that genuinely do 
believe I think in SEO and content marketing and the role that it can play so our content team is, is well supported by people beyond the team itself so that's potentially not the most challenging for us I think it's always tricky and I think this has maybe been even more evident as the team has expanded and indeed when I joined as well that I think and we've maybe mentioned this a little bit before but with SEO unfortunately there's often a kind of it depends answer which is somewhat amusing and yeah. is normally true um, and I think it's frustrating both me having asked the questions and getting that it depends and now also being asked questions and then saying it depends or giving them a six hour long answer which frankly never actually answers the blooming question in the first place so I think that's a bit tricky um, I guess as I kind of mentioned again earlier the kind of more technical aspect is maybe something that we haven't had as much experience in um, at the moment as I say we've got our US site we're kind of grappling with more like international SEO things like hreflang you know I'd never even two years ago wouldn't have had a clue what word just came out of my mouth so trying right. to to wrestle with that has been a bit of a challenge um, and I think ultimately then there's always going to be, this is always, I think, going to be the case in every job, really, but you're always going to have specific knowledge gaps that means that accessing the kind of next step is sometimes a little bit trickier, and you're maybe frustrated by that. As I say, especially in that technical aspect is where that's maybe not where our expertise lies. Um, mm -hmm. It's very much a kind of SEO and content marketing in harmony rather than kind of hardcore technical SEO, um, and we indeed have other people that can support us on that. So I think the, the buy-in element for us is fortunately not so much of, a, of an issue, but nonetheless, it's something that we're always mindful of continuing to be aware of and that you've got to continue to make the case for the value of something like SEO and having a content team. Right. And regarding your steep learning curve when you got into the SEO industry, um, did you have any, you know, stumbling blocks, little hiccups along the way? I don't want to say failure because <laughs> I don't like that word, but anything that kind of tripped you up that was a learning experience? Um, yeah, no, I think, yeah, the, I mean, there probably have been actual failures as well. Um, but I think, as I say, as, as a real part of the, the steep learning curve thing, I think with that, you really have to just throw yourself in and know that you're definitely not going to do everything first time and you're not going to do it perfect first time or you're going to do something where you're like, oh, I didn't realise that or I forgot this. Or um, I think, as I say, where you're taking in so much kind of training and um, you're reading all these articles and watching videos and learning from colleagues and then actually being able to apply that is I think where the learning really happens and again it's overused with the kind of learning by doing I think was ultimately what was the best thing in this particular situation but I think otherwise um a couple that spring to mind was I was tasked with a kind of hub and cluster um, structuring kind of keyword project where we were essentially taking a set of blogs and we were trying to work out within those how we could maybe restructure them whether they were best kind of set up for the particular keywords that they were maybe trying to target whether we needed other blogs to maybe cater to some of those needs um, and ultimately I went through this kind of quite formal quite long-winded clustering project whereby I kind of looked at every keyword variation then tried to like bring it back again and work out within that what we actually needed and in all honesty I got rather lost and rather confused and in the end the output has been I think quite positive but ultimately it was one of those things I think I probably slightly put off it took me a bit longer than it should have I think I was somewhat overwhelmed by I think the um, variety of new tasks within one big project um, it was no longer baby steps I think it was everything at once so I found 
found that a bit a bit full on in all honesty but I was very lucky could talk that through with my manager um, and I think it's always when you do something for the first time it always feels a bit more scary um, than the, the second the third and then another thing maybe a slightly more um, technical aspect is wrestling with something like schema um, we've tried to do some stuff around practice problem schema and indeed then it seems to sometimes come into conflict with um, obviously we've got a lot of maths on our website the way that we have to write that always thinking about how you're actually physically putting your content up how Google can read it I think sometimes wrestling with those SERP feature changes and how best to I guess signpost your content um, all of that has been quite a, a learning curve as well and is maybe one that's not always been met with as much success as maybe some of our other work so in all honesty they're probably the, the two things that spring to mind I'm sure there are many others that we could discuss <laughs> Yeah, but I think that's the beauty of learning by doing. I mean, obviously we're going to stumble, but that's how you learn the best. You know, you make mistakes and you're like, okay, I see what I did wrong here and I'll adjust it for next time. And it's a growing experience. Yeah. But moving from failures, I'm using air quotes here, um, <laughs> to successes, can you talk about some of the results you've achieved that you're proud of? So I think one of the big ones uh, that springs to mind, and I, this is very much one I cannot take um, full credit for at all. This is very much a team effort. As I say, our internal content team, our other teams are kind of comms teams. Otherwise, um, we've got our content creators in-house too at primary and secondary level and our virtual assistants, authors, everything. But when I started in um, February 2021, traffic, organic estimated traffic was at about 200,000. And I mean, I think really recently when I checked, it was more like 1.2 million, which is super cool and evidently is definitely not down to just me, but nonetheless is really cool to at least have seen, um, I guess, your role and at least part of that. Um, and I think then a couple of other instances that have been super exciting that have been probably linked to some of that traffic growth have been over the last couple of summers for different reasons. My um, manager is normally away over the summer um, and I'm very much kind of in charge, which is a little scary, or at least it was, especially last year when I hadn't been there all that long. And indeed this year too, it's normally linked up to um, kind of new projects that we're working on that we try and kick off in the summer. Um, and I end up kind of managing an expanded team. A few other people from our company that have downtime in the summer come over and work with us in content, which is really cool. Um, it's always a really kind of good feel, feel good time for us. Um, and a product of both summer 2021 and then summer 2022, both years we were publishing about like 90 pages of content, um, which was super exciting. Um, and then in the particular example last year where we were working on our GCSE content pages, as I've mentioned, we've moved from primary into secondary as well. Um, and that led in, to like a kind of 500% growth in secondary school traffic to the website, which was amazing. And obviously super exciting again, in terms of making that case to other people as to how SEO can be really powerful. And again, this year we've had that with our with our US site, produced about 90 pages of content. Um, when we launched our blog um, back in September, literally of this year, quite recently, obviously super early days and getting to the point now where we're getting to about I think 60 to 80k worth of estimated organic traffic for a month so they're obviously just numbers and in all honesty do they mean that much I don't know where they actually go next is obviously the super important thing but nonetheless I think it's cool to have said I had some stake in that and I think especially when it's a real team effort um, and you've been able to be a part of that success is always a kind of feel good I think so um yeah, it's probably the kind of big traffic wins, I think, initially are always really nice. But as I say, I realise that's only one part of a much bigger picture. 
Oh, that's really cool. But it's still nice to. You know, yes, exactly. And also, I think, as I say, when you're fairly new to the game too, to know that what you've done actually worked. Otherwise, you think, goodness me, how does this all? How does this all happen? Right. Um, yes, yeah, so that was pretty cool. But very much a team effort. And speaking of being new, do you have anyone that influences you or a mentor in the industry that kind of influences how you work? Yeah, I, I, a few spring to mind, to be honest. Um, I think ultimately, and she'll probably hate me for giving her a shout out, but my manager, Sophie, who I've mentioned a few times in this podcast, um, taught me a lot, especially at the beginning. Um, and I think would be happy to admit that from both of our sides, there's been a lot of self-teaching involved um, to get ourselves to where we are now and like really embracing that kind of testing and, and learning and see what kind of happens mentality really. Um, and I think then also being part of things like the women in tech SEO community, which Sophie pointed me towards mm -hmm. um, and seeing kind of various people on there and what they're up to i think as hopefully this podcast aims to do kind of humanizing it all really when it can seem potentially a bit robotic in every sense of the word um and, and subscribing to things like seo newsletters i've got like marie haynes's um like search news you can use i find that really cool in being able to actually apply it um to the day-to-day -day. and i think other people that are able to kind of absorb, rationalize, condense what's going on in the SEO kind of world and be able to present that in a way that's really understandable and really accessible and applicable is always really, really nice to see. Um, and one particular person otherwise, I think on a kind of content ops side of things and the processes and the knowledge bases, which are quite dear to me, um, there's someone called Gordana at Workello, and she's been a real inspiration for thinking about how behind the scenes we can make it all um, work, essentially, how to structure it, you know, how to involve different people and um, what kind of information to be including in knowledge bases, how to structure them, all that kind of stuff um, for me is what's ended up being probably one of the most interesting parts of the job that I do. Um, so tons of people. Um, but yeah, big, big shout out to the women in, in SEO, definitely. Right. That's exactly actually how we linked up. So exactly. <laughs> <laughs> OK, so changing course a bit. I wanted to ask you about how you see the future for your team or your company. Do you have any particular goals? Um, goodness, probably tons. Um, I think one right now that feels very real for us is, as I say, we've just launched this new US site, which is super exciting for us. I think building our brand around that and working out how SEO and content is, is going to be part of that is going to be a big thing over the next kind of months uh, and probably the next year or two. Um, indeed, we've kind of had a similar process for a kind of GCSE and secondary content, which I've mentioned kind of from last summer and beyond. Um, so now we're kind of focusing on the US side of things. And I think ultimately you know building some some traffic and some momentum on that side of things and hopefully being able to apply some of what we we know already into it into a new space um will hopefully also help the kind of wider company as well and i think ultimately as is always the quest to be able to actually convert some of that traffic into making a bit more of a tangible difference to who we're able to support as well um, especially when you work at somewhere like a kind of ed tech startup or indeed in education or anything kind of a bit more social impact social good the, the main aim, I guess, is that all of this will lead to children being able to access tuition. So fingers crossed that we have some success with that. Okay. And do you personally, I know you haven't been in this position for a long time, but do you have an idea of where you see yourself in the next five years? 
Oh, goodness me. I've been trying to rack my brain, but I don't think I've got the answer just yet. I think one thing to point out, and it's probably become from clear from the course of this podcast, especially the beginning section, is that I think if someone told me two to three years ago that I would be in SEO, my first question would be, sorry, what's that? What do you mean? Or if Indina told me that I'd be on SEO podcast, I probably would have laughed. I think probably says a lot about how much can change in the matter of a couple of years. Um, and without trying to sound um, too kind of repetitive, um, I think with things like the pandemic, one has learned very much firsthand that things can change very quickly. Um, and who knows what will happen in the next you know, year, let alone five. But nonetheless, it's always important, I think, to plan these things. And I'm sure careers advisors would always advise to have your five, 10 year, whatever plan. Um, and I guess for me, there's probably a couple of I guess options uh, or things that I would maybe think about is potentially taking obviously what I'm learning in SEO and, and content marketing. And as I say, the kind of area I think that's been most exciting for me is the kind of content operation side of things, which mm. is kind of process driven um, stuff that really makes me tick and that I get really, really excited about, um, especially and being able to potentially apply that back into the kind of like heritage, history, arts, cultural landscape, um, and maybe link up more to that kind of subject matter potentially. Or indeed, obviously, at the moment, I'm in-house SEO um, and would maybe try agency side as well for a bit more variety. Um, I'm not really sure if that's a, a kind of in five years that that would be where I would be. But nonetheless, I think would maybe be part of the journey getting there, um, but potentially much more open minded now about what the future might hold and, and what would happen next, which I realise is a massively unhelpful answer. Um, if you want me to say in five years, I think I'll be prime minister. Who knows? I don't think that's going to happen. But um, I think a little bit more yeah, ambiguous there. But um, ultimately, I think, yeah, doing SEO has been a real eye opener in realising that one can hopefully have the opportunity to try lots of different things. Um, and it's been really cool to try something entirely new and something that I have, in fact, ended up really enjoying. And as I think aligned a lot of what I do enjoy and the particular skills that I had in a context, I think, as you've maybe mentioned, where other people have come in and said, oh, I've ended up doing SEO for this reason, or I kind of came across it in this way. Um, to me, it kind of makes sense. It's a lot of what I enjoy doing just in a, in a job that I probably didn't imagine doing. Right. No, I think that's a very fair response. It's very, very lined with SEO. It depends. <laughs> it depends. You should have been all I should have said. <laughs> exactly. And um, what kind of advice would you give to someone who is starting out in this industry or in your career specifically? Um, I guess, well, hopefully, well, I wouldn't say listening to people like me bark on, but ultimately that anyone could give it a go, I think is really important to say that it's not some tech wizards, robots in kind of dark rooms, kind of hacking Google, um, that it's it's much more than that. And I think not losing sight of the bigger picture of kind of why you're doing it. Obviously, your particular use case might be different depending on the particular industry you're in or the kind of sector you're serving, whether you're, you know, in-house or your agency side, whatever. Um, for me, obviously, a big part of um, SEO is also the environment that I'm working in as well. That I really enjoy working at a startup, the team that I'm with and the kind of cause that we're trying to support via our SEO work. So for me, that's important. But someone that's starting out in SEO more generally, I think not getting 
too hung up on kind of individual kind of like rankings or pages or whatever I maybe some people would say the opposite but I think especially at the beginning you can get quite obsessed over particular you know keywords and you can just kind of lose sight I think of kind of what the bigger picture is there and what you're actually trying to achieve um, and how that's one part of, of a much bigger uh, strategy I guess but nonetheless those individual victories rankings whatever at the beginning can also be quite um affirming I guess a bit of a confidence boost and maybe seeing how what you're doing um, is actually making a difference too so I think SEO is one of those things where as we've mentioned you maybe don't say I'm going to end up working in SEO that's what I want to do when I leave university but I think it encompasses a lot of skills if people enjoy writing if people enjoy editing if people also enjoy the, the more technical side of things um, if people enjoy kind of websites copy whatever I think there's so many different aspects of it um, and I think the kind of analytical aspect behind it of I'm going to basically bring out my toolkit, my SEO toolkit of all these different things that I have in my arsenal that I can try. Um, and some of it might turn the dial, some of it make a difference. And then, you know, one month later, two months later, you're seeing like an increase in traffic or you're seeing more people, you know, visiting your site. You're seeing more people um, moving to the next stage of the, the process. You're maybe seeing people coming into your to your company and seeing that you have some kind of role in that. I think that's quite exciting. Um, so I think with SEO is the kind of like actual um, tangible payoffs are cool. But as I say, just not getting too hung up, I think, on the actual individual kind of pages, for example, and then kind of losing sight of what it all means and um, I guess the big question of, of why you're doing it in the first place um, and the big one for me which I'm still trying to follow my own advice from a more kind of intangible perspective is just I think the kind of confidence and self-belief thing are really tricky when you're starting out especially if you don't really have much experience in it before you can look at other people and think oh my goodness like they know exactly what they're doing they're doing all this amazing stuff like they they know all these things that I would never hope to know and I think kind of untraining yourself from that kind of mindset which is much easier said than done and one which I'm still trying to do um, but that you have an equal stake in this space and ultimately it's a lot of like trial and error and testing and I mean Google's changing every flipping day anyway so everyone's just kind of working it out as they go I think if you make peace with that I think you'll enjoy it all a lot more all right that's really good advice thank you <laughs> you're welcome I have one last question for you I always kind of like to end on this and ask anything else you'd like to add. Is there an important takeaway or a tidbit that you think is important or a better way to phrase the question is, what's one question you wish I'd asked and how would you have answered it? Oh, okay, two things if I'm allowed. One of them at the beginning always is, honestly like process 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 which again my team will laugh at by even mentioning it but I think for us that's been super transformative and being able to scale as efficiently as we've been able to and I think have seen as much success as we have there's also been tons of other factors and all of the other amazing people that I work with it wouldn't have been possible without them but I think ultimately pinning everything that we do on really sound processes that everybody kind of knows their role within and that can be part of building I think has been really exciting I mean as I say that's really worked on our GCSE content pages that I mentioned was a big drive for us last year in kind of carving out that new market. So that's maybe one thing. It's like kind of big, big takeaway and something that I'm happy to chat about until the cows come home. And I think one other thing that we maybe touched on earlier as well is that, as I've mentioned in one of my answers, I think SEOs is, is naturally going to vary depending on the particular world that you're in that you're doing you're kind of practicing SEO in so to speak and mm -hmm. I think for us coming from like an education standpoint 
obviously it's all super important but ultimately we've got to make content that's like educationally sound and well designed and actually useful for teachers it's got to almost like go even beyond that and I know that would be the case in a lot of other areas as well um and we often have like a kind of funny debate between like whether something's like best and right for maths or versus SEO and it obviously should never kind of be like that but ultimately it's got to be useful for the people that are going to be using it in the end especially when it's linked to you know literal education and the, the teaching of um, of children and I think then as I've mentioned potentially previously we kind of then look at our kind of top of the funnel content you know you might have blogs on like you know fractions or division or whatever and we're producing um content where hopefully it's maybe linked to a download that's really high quality and useful for the teacher and then the hope is obviously they they download it they're then kind of part of this this journey um with us which is obviously the ideal situation um but from our point of view, it's really important that we're, I guess, following EAT, that naturally I am not writing all of the articles on our website because I don't know enough about maths. I mean, who would want to sit and read loads of maths articles written by me? You wouldn't because who am I? I have no I have no stake in that. Um, and that kind of breaks everything down then what we're trying to do. Um, so ultimately, all of our articles like that are written by teachers. They're written by people that look at exams, you know, they're the people that know exactly what they're doing. They're people that have lived and breathed it and that do it. Um, and I think the kind of EAT aspect of our content and the education space that we're in is really intrinsic to the SEO that we do. Um, I think without that, everything else would fall apart. Like our jobs would be redundant. The content that we create would not be what it is. It wouldn't be as valuable as it is. Um, and ultimately, I don't think it would be as successful as it is. So I think from our point of view, using those experts for the content for us is non-negotiable. Um, and I think really important that your content is kind of created by the people that you're trying to serve ultimately um, and yeah. by that community. So I think that's probably one thing to add in our particular context, context rather, that the kind of EAT aspect is, is king. Perfect. Thank you so much, Lucy. Those were all of my questions. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really happy that we got a chance to chat and we got to learn a little more about your background, what you do, how you work, how you got started in SEO. It was really interesting. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. That's it for this episode of our podcast. Thanks to all of you who are listening. If you enjoyed our chat with Lucy Inskip, please don't hesitate to share. If you'd like, you can also rate and review the show to help other listeners find us. Thanks again to Lucy. And as always, happy crawling.